Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. We hear the term toxic masculinity all the time, the way in which the culture of men breeds misogyny, aggression and behaviours that harm both society and men themselves. But does toxic femininity exist? And if so, are we seeing it play out in a recent celebrity cancellation? I think for me, like, because I experienced so much harassment and bullying from Chrissy Teigen when I was just 16 years old, at a time when I needed help, it really affected me. Today, we find out if we're raised to hate on the ladies, doing damage to ourselves in the process. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Chrissy Teigen is not in a good place right now. The once-hailed social media clapback queen has been exposed for being an online troll herself. Her past tweets documenting a behaviour that seems to be an example of toxic femininity. In one exchange, Teigen told a teenage Courtney Stodden, an American singer, songwriter and model, to take their own life after they married a much older man, later revealing that they believed they'd been groomed. She also commented that Lindsay Lohan would be adding more slits to her wrists when she sees Emma Stone. On Avril Lavigne, she wrote, If you told me I could have one kid but it would be exactly like Avril, I would choose to have a barren, sterile existence that ends when I die. Tegan has since apologised for her past behaviour, saying she's mortified with who she used to be, an insecure, attention-seeking troll. She says she's been trying to connect with Courtney to apologise and that she's sorry for letting everyone down, that she'll work on being better than she was 10 years ago, one year ago, six months ago. So is Chrissy Teigen showcasing toxic femininity here? Well, for starters, we need to define exactly what toxic femininity is and whether it even exists. It can be explained in a few ways. One is that women from birth are conditioned to see other women as competition and that in order to be seen by men, we tear each other down to be considered successful. So a woman's response to the need to prove herself over her male peers is to resent the women around her, despite them facing the same hurdles. Chrissy Teigen's behaviour could fall into this category. Another definition is that toxic femininity is perpetuating the myth that women need to be meek and mild, that being feminine means being less than in order to be considered womanly, 
those women ignore their own needs to their own detriment, be it their mental or physical health. It encourages the acceptance of violence towards women as part and parcel of the female experience, essentially a form of internalised misogyny. The third way is to use uniquely feminine experiences as an excuse to treat people poorly. For example, a manager might abuse their staff only to blame it on PMS. A recent Reddit thread asked people to respond with their examples of toxic femininity. The responses ranged from women who tell other women they can't understand how they can be happy without having kids, to those who say, I'm not like other girls, women who get more angry at the woman who tells them their partner is cheating than the cheating partner themselves, those who make fun of women who are flat-chested only to call those with large breasts a whore, the women who tell new mums that breast is best or that anyone who chose to have a C-section is cheating or taking the easy way out. But it can also be much simpler. A woman who won't eat anything more than a salad on a date because women aren't supposed to tuck into a big meal. Or that when buying gifts for women, the only options are something soft or sweet. Many refer to those who make fun of other women in the hopes it will make her more attractive to men, something we see often on social media platforms like Twitter. But some aren't convinced any of this is actually toxic femininity but more an extension of its masculine counterpart, like feminist author and journalist Jane Gilmore. For me, it's more something that's imposed on women rather than something that exists in them. It's an idea of women as being their own worst enemies, as being bitchy and clicky and clubbing up against each other. And these are the things that we are told women are far more often than I think they actually are. And Certainly most of my experiences, both as a child in schools and now as an adult working in schools and as an adult working with women, I find relationships with women most often to be comforting and supportive and strong. So do you think this ideal of toxic femininity that we hear, especially when in relation to celebrities who are slagging each other online, do we think that kind of behaviour is common or are we just seeing it when it hits the headlines with these big names? No, I don't think it is very common. I mean, of course, it certainly happens. But I think it's almost one of those things that is used to say, look, look, see what women are like, see how bitchy they are, when in fact, it's actually rare. And certainly in the online world, the sort of attacks that men do against women online are far more toxic and dangerous than anything I have ever seen or experienced from women. So where do you think this idea of toxic femininity stems from? Is it just the fact that we see toxic masculinity and feel that where there is yin, there must be yang? Yeah, I think there's a bit of a trade-off thing. Of Again, I think both those terms are really poorly understood, that the term toxic masculinity is far too often interpreted to mean that masculinity is toxic rather than that there are elements of masculinity that are turned toxic that damage men as much as women. And I think the same thing is true of the idea of toxic femininity. Again, it's not that being feminine or being female is toxic. It's that there are certain stereotypes of being female that are interpreted as toxic and they're myths, they're stereotypes, they actually really happen. So sensationalist media go looking for examples of it rather than actually looking at what's really going on. Do you think as younger women, we're taught that it does exist? We hear so often that women who work together in any capacity, whether that be on a TV show, whether that be in the science world, wherever it might be, that women working together automatically create some kind of bitchy inner circle. See, I think that's bullshit. 
I mean, I do a lot of work in schools at the moment and you see it over and over again, the teenage girls, that they stick together. They are physically close. They're physically affectionate with each other. They're emotionally affectionate with each other. They're really supportive within their friendship groups. And I know that, you know, school's a terrible time and there is some awful stuff that goes on in high schools and some of it does come from groups of girls. But I think what we're not seeing in that is the supportiveness within those female friendships. So where one group of girls might be against another, within those groups, they're looking after each other. And again, if you look at the media, there's a show at the moment, The Bold Type, which I think is a wonderful depiction of female friendships and of mentor relationships in workplaces, of older women encouraging and supporting and looking after younger women at the beginning of their careers. And again, this is something that we don't see very often. It's not portrayed or talked about very often, but it's far more common, I think, than the toxic one, which gets all the attention. Well, who is that serving this idea that there's this underlying toxic femininity? Like who's benefiting from that being in existence? Men are. The patriarchy is. The dangers of women acting collectively, it is the most dangerous thing to men in power that can exist because if you look at what women have done in the last hundred years by acting together, we have changed the world. And more change in the last hundred years than in the whole 5,000 years of human history in women's lives. And that was collective women's action. It was what happens when women get together and say, we're not putting up with this anymore and decide to change things. And we did. I mean, it's not perfect yet, but we're not done yet. And that work that we can do together is so incredibly powerful that it doesn't surprise me that we're told to fear it and stay away from it because it's the most dangerous thing to patriarchy that can exist. Dr. Alexa Appel is a research support officer in the School of Philosophical and Historical Inquiry at the University of Sydney and an expert on young women and media culture. Doctor, what does toxic femininity look like in your opinion? So it's really kind of an exaggerated femininity. So it's when women either use their gender to attain certain privileges or really when women express kind of stereotypically feminine traits like passivity, empathy, etc. And this really leads to them ignoring their own needs to sustain those around them, specifically the needs of men and even children. So I thought more so about the concept of meanness and something called the normative cruelties of girlhood. You know, I was surprised to see that toxic femininity wasn't this kind of cruelty that I thought it might mean, kind of like what has been called bitchiness, but is actually something quite different. So I would think about the kind of behaviours that we're seeing in the online realm as a form of meanness and, and part of this normative cruelties of womanhood and girlhood. How do we combat this version of toxic femininity, this idea that in order to move ourselves forward as individuals, we have to kind of take down the women around us who are naturally seen as some form of competition, it seems. Yeah, I think this happens from a young age. I think that going back to the movie Mean Girls, I think that Tina Fey really wanted to espouse a message of kindness amongst girls. And it was a celebration of female friendship in a way. And it really was a warning of what the consequences are for meanness between girls. So I think that 
education is important. I think talking to girls, whether that be from the perspective of a parent, a teacher, a mentor, about the importance of thinking about the consequences of your actions, which are quite broad, you know, and they're profound. They don't just affect the individual girls that are in their friendship group. But the problem of this cruelty that we see amongst girls carries on into womanhood. So I think that it's crucial to create awareness about this. And we've seen more recent films like Booksmart, which is also very much a celebration of female friendship. And in this movie, slut shaming is something that is addressed by its director, Olivia Wilde, who really wanted to create awareness about that the personal and, and broader societal impacts of slut shaming and the way that girls police one another's sexualities. So certainly we're seeing in, in popular culture a whole lot of lessons being conveyed through the film kind of medium. And, yeah, I think we need to just talk to girls and listen to them and the experiences they've had. There's also a lot of research being done in the field of education studies, gender studies, that looks at these normative cruelties of girlhood. And it's interesting that a lot of them have noted that these cruelties aren't even seen as a form of bullying. So I think recognising the way that toxic femininity as it plays out you know, amongst girls and women is actually a form of bullying is really the first crucial step. So it seems the mean girl generation has come to an end. Katie, she's not pretty. I mean, that sounds bad, but whatever. The Spring Fling Queen is always pretty. I mean, the crazy thing is, is that it should be Karen, but people forget about her because she's such a slut. But that doesn't mean we haven't played a part in it at some stage in the past, before we learned that living in a patriarchal society would teach us that women are less than, that we can never be aligned because we're always in competition for the gaze of a man. Maybe you've posted some nasty comments about other women on the internet, a move you may very much regret now as you grow and learn about how that patriarchal society has moulded your idea on how women should interact. Now we know that the woman we were told was the competition was actually our biggest ally all along, and now we can get on with lifting each other up instead of tearing each other down. And to Chrissy Teigen, who's currently being quietly cancelled behind the scenes, hopefully we can forgive her sins, as we may have to forgive our own. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you're keen for us to delve into a new story in a bit more depth, you can always send us an email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au or hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.